Welcome. This is the Life Habits podcast series, and my name is Carl Vredenberg. This is the series that helps you to learn new habits to optimize your life in order to stay sane in this crazy world. This is episode number 52, and the topic for today is taking things personally. The topic for today comes from a listener comment and suggestion, as many of the most recent episodes have, and it comes from Randy, who provided feedback on the website, lifehabits.net. I list there a list of the existing topics that we've addressed and the future topics that we're considering as well, and he gave a list of additional suggestions for podcasts after saying, wonderful list and podcast. And he suggests taking things personally as a topic, and that will be the topic for today. He also suggests a number of other topics that we have actually addressed in the past, so I'd like to just point those out. He suggests finding a capable mentor, which we addressed in episode number 44 on advice and mentoring. Also suggested the topic exposing and conquering our confirmation bias, which is addressed in episode 4, Power of the Mind. Understanding male and female communication differences, he suggests, was addressed in episode number 14 on sex differences. And defining goals was, of course, addressed in episode 1, overview and setting priorities. And lastly, methods to track progress was touched on in episodes 27 and 28. And those were on the topics of developing skills and habits, as well as on resolutions. So a number of the topics we have addressed in a variety of ways in the past, if there was a particular aspect of the ways in which they were addressed that you'd like to have me follow up on, I can do that as well. But I did want to just point you to those previous episodes. Now, the one topic that we didn't address in the past, and in fact, I think often isn't directly addressed in any number of sources is the overall topic of taking things too personally. So that's going to be the focus for today. Let's start as we usually do with some quotes. First, the Dalai Lama says, we also often add to our pain and suffering by being overly sensitive, overreacting to minor things, and sometimes taking things too personally. Albert Hubbard says, The art of winning in business is in working hard and not taking things too seriously. Annie DeFranco says, Taking me seriously is a big mistake. I certainly wouldn't. And lastly, Don Miguel Ruiz says, Nothing others do is because of you. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. It is not important to me what you think about me. And I don't take what you think personally. I don't have the need to be accepted. I don't have the need to have someone tell me, Miguel, you are great. Whatever you think, whatever you feel is your problem and not my problem. Personal importance or taking things personally is an expression of selfishness because we make the assumption that everything is about me. Nothing people do is because of you. It's because of themselves rather lengthy quote, but one that we'll be touching on in a number of the items that we'll get to in a minute. I wanted to just set the context a little in talking about the whole concept of taking things personally. When we started off in life, 
as babies, you have a a self-centered view. Everything is about you. Jean Piaget, some years ago, analyzed the various stages of development of children and addressed and found a, an interesting phenomenon called the mountain problem, where a infant or child that is prior to developmentally the stage where they can take somebody else's perspective, when asked to describe what they see, when they see a, a depiction of a mountain, they only see it from their own point of view and are unable to see the problem from, let's say, somebody else that's looking at it from a different perspective's point of view until they get to a certain life stage. So people are at various sort of stages of that continuum, but I think it's kind of interesting that we start that way and that over time we realize and learn to take other people's perspectives and not our own. But there still are individual differences with regard to the perspectives on this. People also differ in their ability to empathize with another person when they say things. I mean, when we talked about the dealing with difficult people episode, we talked a bunch about that, that there are certain people that simply take other people's points of view in mind more than others. And some are just more harsh and don't for a moment think about what they say and what impact that's going to have on another human being. And so as a result, they can say things in a way that is more harsh than they even intended. But that also contributes to this overall problem. And lastly, people differ in their what's called locus of control, the degree to which they think they are in control of their environment. And some people are very externally focused in terms of locus of control, thinking that they have no influence over anything. Others have more of a focus on that they control everything. And then there's some people that also have more of a focus of thinking that they control things that are negative and they don't take control or don't perceive that they had control over things that were positive as well as vice versa. So these three factors sort of influence the ways in which people differ and the way that they react to certain situations. And that all provides input to a top 10 list that I'll go through next with regard to ways in which you can very practically start to make a difference in the way that you approach taking things too personally. Number one is to realize that most people are focused on themselves and not you. The quote that I gave earlier addressed this in some detail. A lot of people are focused on their own world, their own perceptions, and describe and communicate everything from their point of view when they're saying something about you as well. So a lot of the time, realize that what somebody is saying, they're saying it not necessarily taking your point of view or specifically addressing you. They're simply describing a situation from their own point of view. Number two is to look at the facts and believe in them. This one's really key. You know, when you think about when somebody has said something and you're taking it personally, let's say they criti criticized you about something, you're likely to, if you have a tendency toward taking things personally, to internalize that, to deeply think it through and to ruminate about what they just talked about, etc. And you take 
what they say as being fact. In actual fact, you should look for the actual facts, the actual confirmations. We've talked about that in a number of episodes during this overall podcast series, that you shouldn't just take as given what somebody says about you or what you learn about yourself or about others. should look for the facts and believe in them. Number three is don't rely on other people's opinions more than your own. Realize that you have a view, you have your own sense of how well you did on some particular activity. Don't just rely on what other people say about it to come up with an assessment of how well you did on something. You fundamentally should be looking at the facts, as I just stated, but also just think about your own view of how well you did. Realize that that even some of the time is biased as well, and sometimes biased against you, you know, being more negative than you need to be. That gets us back to that number two point of using the facts, but don't rely on other people's evaluations, comments, suggestions, things they say, faces and expressions that they may exhibit to evaluate what you're all about. Use the facts and use your own view of how well you're doing at something first. Number four is think about what it says about the other person given what they are saying about you. Think about it from their point of view. In number one, I talked about this notion that people are living in their own world and are living within their frame of reference when they say things. There's an example of that I read somewhere that talked about a particular father whose uh, daughter said something or other about that he was looking old and he was first going to take that as sort of, you know, some negative feedback that he was going to perceive that he was getting uh, old. And he saw that, saw that as sort of criticism from his daughter. It turns out that the actual situation, when he queried it a little more and took it uh, from her point of view, turned out that she was just concerned about him, that he was looking kind of tired that particular day, and that there would be, there had been, you know, a death in the family of a grandfather, I think, recently. And the overall sort of interpretation changed a lot when it was more a matter of that it was situational. It was her own worry that was making her say what she was saying. She wasn't being critical or being negative of him. And he could have, without really pursuing the situation further and trying to understand it better, wouldn't have been able to discern what was really all behind it and what was in her mind, and that it wasn't in fact being critical. It was really a concern that she had within herself that she was expressing in the way that she did. So you got to think about what we're considering in terms of the topic or the substance of what was just said or what just happened not only from your own point of view, but also from the other's point of view as well. Number five is get the focus off you. It's not only self-destructive, but also annoying to others to often take things that people say too personally. There have been a number of instances I know where I've said something in a group setting, for example, just very generically saying a number of things about a, a topic that we're dealing with at work or in other situations. 
And somebody will come up to me later and say, well, you were talking about me, weren't you? Because I, you know, I knew that you were, you were really meaning me when you were saying X, X, Y, and Z or Z. And I wasn't. <laughs> but that person was so, you know, focused on their own world and interpreting everything that was happening with regard to they themselves, that they would, and this happened a lot, there are some people that just have a tendency to always interpret everything that's going on as it relates to them, when a lot of the time that wasn't the intention of the speaker at all. And if you're the kind of person that always sees everything and always says everything with regard to yourself and trying to relate everything that happens to what it is that you're all about. That's something that will start to grate, you know, on others where they really weren't intending at all that that was meant specifically with regard to you. So here's another case where you should take the focus off you. Not everything is about you. And a lot of the time, if you do take a lot of this kind of input you know, personally, and you were to, you know, even follow up on it, you will find out that a lot of the time it really isn't about you. And if anything, having a tendency to do this on a regular basis among friends, among co-workers can be something that would be annoying because they certainly don't intend you to be taking all of this stuff personally because it's not intended to uh, relate directly to them. A lot of the time, and if you do have a tendency toward taking those things personally, like I say, that can be not only self-destructive for you, as well as it being inaccurate, it could also be an annoyance, you know, to others that really didn't, didn't intend for you to be taking that personally because it wasn't really meant about you. Number six is, if appropriate, ask for clarification. Now, you don't want to overdo that with regard to number five that I just mentioned. But there are times, like the situation that I described about the, you know, daughter and the father, that if there is something that is recurring, that is obviously stated as being related to you, but you're wondering how to interpret what it is that somebody said, it makes a lot of sense to follow up and say, no, you said that to me, and I'd like to know a little more about, you know, what you really mean. And a lot of the time, when you ask for clarification, it won't be quite the meaning that you were interpreting with regard to the feedback that you were given or the information that was imparted. It really is a matter of when you get clarification from the other person, you often aren't in a situation where you're interpreting it as negatively as often you do yourself when you take it personally. Like I say, that's also the time and the method for determining that the situation is in fact an interpretation that the other person is providing rather than it being a veridical or factual description of you. Number seven is to engage in some activities that will generate positive feelings in you and unlikely others about you as well. There are instances where if you're finding yourself interpreting events and feedback that you get from others as being, you know, negative and that you're interpreting those as directly relating to you, whether or not that really is the case, and there are some situations where that is the case, where the feedback is in fact uh, somewhat negative, the suggestion here is 
actually do some things that you know you're going to feel good about yourself doing. Go do that. Get some positive feedback for yourself. Reinforce for yourself that you are effective at what it is that you're doing. And if appropriate, and if, if it follows that others provide feedback on that as well, that will then round out some positive feedback. So if you are getting some you know, negative feedback, the, your own interpretations are also leading to some interpretations that, that uh, are uh, something that's sort of bringing you down. One of the other ways to do this is to actually make sure that you do some things that you know you're going to do well at and that you're going to feel good about yourself and thereby you know, get some appropriate positive feedback you know, as well. Number eight is to become aware of situations, people, and your own state of mind that are problematic and then to avoid them. We all have various times when we are more sensitive, more vulnerable than other times. And I can say all I want in terms of advice to you that under any number of circumstances, you shouldn't take personally what people are saying, that it's really their own perspective that is leading to the comments being made, etc., etc. And we can get better at this, and that's really the suggestions that I'm making here. But it's also the case that there are times when we are particularly vulnerable. It may be when you've not had much sleep. It may be that there is a time, you know, of the week that you feel, you know, particularly sensitive. It may be a particular topic or it may be a particular person that just really causes you some real concern and that you have more difficulty in trying to distance yourself from any comments or anything that happened versus any other. So if there are situations that you find yourself in, if there are times in terms of your own state of mind, or if there's particular individuals that really cause you difficulty, as I've said in previous podcasts as well, look out for yourself and try to avoid if you're, if it's a matter of when you're sleep deprived, for example, that you're going to be more sensitive. You know, you want to listen to the podcast that we did on that topic to improve your sleep, but you also want to realize that if you're in that frame of mind, if you are suspecting that you're going to be more vulnerable, then avoid the situations that will generate the kind of comments that you may in fact end up taking, you know, too personally. So be aware of yourself a little more in terms of the environment that uh, you're in and control it, you know, some more. Number nine is be more aware yourself of other people's potential sensitivities as well. I talked off the top about how people differ in their own abilities to be sensitive to others and to be, you know, more careful in what they say to others, other topics that are evaluative in nature. And I think when we realize that certain things bother us in the way in which somebody says something, turn that around for yourself, for you to be a more effective person in this regard as well. And think about the ways in which you communicate information to others. You know, there's some people that are sensitive to the feedback from others and and take things to personally themselves, but then are very free to go be really critical, let's say, of other people and not be aware of the impact that that may be having on them. So I think everybody has to have some appreciation for the ways in which 
they communicate and how somebody else may interpret that. Yes, we need to continuously focus on making sure that we're effective in not taking things as personally ourselves, but we also have to conversely be more careful about the way that we communicate to others as well. Number 10 is to be an observer of how people handle feedback and learn from the best. It's a theme that you know I'm particularly fond of, that if there's a particular topic that you're trying to get better at, like this notion that we're talking about today of not taking things as personally, how do people who are particularly effective at this handle it? How do they communicate after they hear, let's say, something that may be interpreted as being, you know, negative or or critical? How do they deal with the situation? How do they describe it? How do they communicate, you know, after it? Learn from the best on any of these topics. So be an observer of human behavior is what I'm suggesting here as well, in order for us to get better ourselves at our lives as well. So that's the top 10 list on the topic of taking things personally. I'd like to also thank all of you for the feedback that you've been providing the podcast series. gotten a fair bit of feedback. And I want to just uh, go through some of that feedback and also relate it to the topic that we just went through as well. Got feedback in the Canadian iTunes store from Vera, who says, Mouth noise, three stars. Please stop smacking your lips when you talk. Listening to someone's saliva moving around in someone's mouth on speakers is like fingernails on a chalkboard. Please, please, please stop. So here is a case of some fairly negative feedback on the podcast series. And I'd like to describe a little bit about the sort of reaction, you know, to that. I could read this feedback and overly take it personally that, you know, the sound quality, the voice quality and the podcast here is overly negative. Here's somebody who's being very specific about, you know, problems that they are perceiving. I could take that overly negatively and stop doing this series entirely because I'm, you know, so taken aback by that feedback. Or I could use the advice that we just went through here and say, hmm, okay, let's see this from the point of view of the facts. The facts here are that early on the podcast series I actually recorded it using a headset microphone that was not very good quality. And I also basically published the entire recording without doing any level of editing on it at all. And as a result, some of those early podcast episodes did have some extraneous sounds in it, some lip smacking and other sounds, I assume, as well. I now since those early episodes, got a professional microphone and use software and do some level of post-editing that eliminates things like lip smacking. Many of the professional podcasts also do that. Some still leave them in. But in this case, I fully suspect, and Vera, let me know if that is the case, if you're still listening, that the early episodes really had this type of problem. And I believe the, the follow-on ones, you know, did not. And so it's something to validate. But 
again, rather than over-interpreting this type of feedback, instead, I'm going to look at the facts and assume that that is the outcome. Now, if Vera comes back and sends me further feedback that says, well, no, this episode had this problem or whatever that I can actually work on, then we can further work through it as well. But if I over-interpreted and took this personally, it would, I think, be inappropriate because the other bit of data is that most of, and I'd say virtually all of the other feedback comes back with saying that the sound quality is in fact really good and that that's what people really like. So here's a case of practicing what we preach here of taking feedback like this, looking at the data and being very specific about what to do about it and how to interpret it. Feedback as well from the US iTunes store from Tough Crowd is the name. Great content, valuable resource, four stars, great advice, and a worthy use of the time devoted to listening. Although the host is pleasant and friendly, while he is speaking more passionately, he could likely benefit from the use of more frequent and strategic narrative pauses. Sentences have a tendency experience reduced definition and separation as they're spoken too close together when the host is making a valuable point he is eager to share. This can negatively impact comprehension and retention as listeners may complain about him talking too fast. Other than that minor issue, the program is of great value to anyone who would take the time to listen. Thank you for making this. It is immensely helpful. So thanks, tough crowd. This is another instance when I have received feedback from a number of you saying that the speed is accurate. I also received feedback from some saying that the, uh, or very few, one in particular, saying that the speed was too slow and that he wanted to speed it up by on the iPhone and the iPod actually going to double time. I did try to speed up the delivery of the podcast uh, content in one episode. I'd again be interested to know from Tough Crowd whether it was that one particular one. And in general, though, the feedback has been that uh, you've liked the speed at which I deliver this on a regular basis. So I'm going to take that feedback as suggesting that we go to the delivery speed that I have always done. And in this case, realize that most people prefer to have it at that speed. And there have only been, I think, one or possibly two people that have commented on saying that it's too slow. Feedback via email from Andres in Colombia says, Carl, thank you so much for sharing your very valuable insights and ideas in your Life Habits podcast. They've been really inspiring and useful for improving my own personal life. As for the feedback from the Australian listener on the episode 46, so this is the one that I meant, who referred to this guy's slow monotone voice was putting me to sleep, end of quote, I fully disagree with him and find your pace and voice absolutely adequate for the podcast. Cheers. So we will use the normal speed that I was using before and include the narrative breaks, I think, as Tough Crowd mentioned, I think we used in the past and will not speed this up. Other feedback from the U.S. iTunes store. Dina says, fantastic, five stars. I'm a huge fan of the Life Habits podcasts. I live and work in New York City and listen to episodes on the 30-minute walk home from work every day. 
Carl's voice is so soothing that by the time I've entered my apartment, I've decompressed, forgotten about any stresses from the office, and feel motivated to be a better person. Thanks, Carl. Thanks, Dina. And another one, Sam from the US iTunes store. Awesome. Five stars. This is my favorite podcast. Each show touches me in some way. I have forwarded a few shows to people who I think would benefit from them. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. A plus to you. And the Australian iTunes store had a comment from Sasanech. A great find. Five stars. This podcast has quickly become a part of my everyday listening. I find the top 10 format to be terrifically engaging, with each point being discussed in adequate detail. I find Carl's tone to be soothing, and the slower pace of his voice provides opportunities to consider what was said. This allows for reflection and how each point relates to me and my world. Thank you for taking the time to share. You help to make a difference, even though you will never see the direct impact that you have made. Also, lastly in the Australian iTunes store, Tony says various five stars. Only just found these podcasts. Wow. Very easy to listen to and enjoyable. I love the range of topics. I really enjoyed the Designing Your Life episode. Carl's voice is soothing and slow. He explains things very clearly, and you get the feeling that he is your own personal coach and mentor. I would recommend it to others. So thanks very much, Tony, and everyone else that provided feedback. That is actually one of the goals that I have, Tony, to try to make these sessions a personal communication, even though we're using a relatively impersonal mechanism to share and communicate. I find, too, that iPods and other audio players, and having particularly the earphones directly in and listening to podcasts like this one, that it does provide a really intimate format for communicating and communicating, you know, one to one. I tend to listen to a lot of podcasts myself and like the ones best that do take that approach, that it's like a personal communication between the podcast host and myself. And Tony, thanks so much for validating that. Some of the communication that we have together here using this podcast series is achieving that objective as well. So that's it for this episode. I'd like to suggest that if you'd like to provide additional feedback, you can send me email at lifehabits at gmail.com. You can also leave feedback on lifehabits.net, the website that has the show notes on it. That's also where you can find the quotes and the top 10 lists from all the episodes we've done. And you can also provide ratings and feedback directly in your country's iTunes store. And you can do that by going to the iTunes store and searching for Life Habits and finding the podcast there that you can then provide feedback on. So I'd like to thank you all for your continued interest in this podcast series, your willingness and engagement in trying to improve yourself. And we'll talk to you all next time. And bye for now.